Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, Biodesign Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao with you on this beautiful Monday morning here in Columbia, Tennessee. And a really eventful weekend to talk about and recap for you, uh, beginning with Friday night throughout Saturday afternoon and all the way into Sunday morning for us. <laughs> we will talk about that here in just a few minutes. Um, first things first, good morning, everyone. How was how was your weekend? Uh, I, w- I was with you for half of your weekend. You were. Uh, you were with so. me for a pretty good portion of my weekend. And, again, we'll talk more about that in a bit. But, um, yeah, and and so yesterday was spent recovering from that portion of the weekend basically and griping to each other about the titans for quite a while <laughs> other than that though yeah jp what'd you do this weekend uh it was a restful weekend uh, a lot of football on saturday in particular and of course uh a close eyes on uh, the titans ravens uh, fun game. Thrilling game. Derrick it, was Henry, bit, it was a little bit more fun than yeah. it needed to be. Yeah. As uh, as Mike Keith says, Derrick Henry is a bad man. You know what? A.J. <laughs> Brown's a pretty bad man. That, he's even better. Yeah. If if that's if that's a, an appropriate uh, way to put it. But, yes, that, that touchdown, A.J. Brown, man, that got me out of my chair. Hmm. <laughs> you were in your chair? Yeah. I wasn't. I, I don't think I was. I don't think I was on my couch anywhere near <laughs> in a seated position for about forty-five minutes. I was squatted in front of the television, standing in front of the television, on my knees in front of my couch on the rug, just lots of different positions, but not seated. <laughs> so you're one of those. Huh? Yes, I'm. Uh, it's very difficult for me to to watch a game in which I am invested. Uh, very quietly, despite Sarah taking a nap during that time. And she said that uh, she was really happy with the 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 quietness at, uh, of the upstairs. She was like, were you down here yelling? Were you screaming? I was like, I wasn't screaming, but I mean, I wasn't, I also wasn't quiet. She didn't hear you? <laughs> Didn't hear me at all. That's awesome. Yeah. She's just selectively tuned out your oh, she was your groans. Sleep. Yeah. Good soundproofing there. Yeah, they did a good job. So anyway, like I said, eventful weekend. And it started Friday about 
five o'clock as per usual. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the the breaking news throughout um, throughout our area, I guess, is uh, or was. It was breaking at the time. Yeah, it was. It was that Bronson Bradley had been dismissed as head football coach at Mount Pleasant High School again. This this came down about four thirty on Friday to us. Uh, you know, news never breaks when you're like sitting at your laptop or whatever. No, it, it's it's never it's, just you it's, know it's never convenient, right? It's it's always when you're. On the road to Andersonville or something along those lines. Well, that's what happened with us. Right. And get the get the information. Um and we both brought our laptops into our the the place where we were eating before the game to our pregame meal, if you will. Mm-hmm. And got that story out on sm-tnsports.com if you haven't seen it i believe it is the most read story uh after today i think it is the most read story on our website's history let's see so that would if it's not it's the second if it's 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 been second all weekend but uh it's no actually it's only the third most read oh wow okay the other story of the weekend is the most read gotcha we'll get there in a second but I so, mean, so two of the three most read articles on our website have taken place in the last seventy-two hours. Uh, yeah, I think that I think the most read story is from a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. My Still bad. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronson Bradley has no business getting fired at Mount Pleasant. I'm just going to say that. That's that's. In amidst COVID, coming off a season where, yes, they didn't replace a whole lot of people on their defense. I get that. Their offense replaced, what, six starters, did we? I believe so. Six, either five or six starters, including – Lost six starters from last year. Maybe their entire offensive line, just about. No, they didn't lose – I know they returned at least two offensive linemen, but they lost their quarterback. They lost their top receiver. They lost their top running back. They lost – pretty much all of their skill positions in the wing tee, the way they run the wing tee. They lost those people, and they had no spring practice with their replacements. They had no preseason scrimmages with their replacements. First time those guys hit the hit the lights was August 21st at Summertown, and they lost 13-12 to 12 because their kicker had been suspended. They win that ball game. It puts a completely different spin on this entire season. They turn around and lose two weeks later by a possession to Richland, which left a bad taste in a lot of folks' mouth because it was the first time since 93 they had lost to Richland. So they feel like that's not supposed to happen. And then you get down into the season. They finally get their first win against Loretta, feel like they got things going in the right direction. They turn around a week later. They lose to Zion, which does not recognize the year that Zion Christian had. They lose to Zion Christian 34-27. And again, that's another game that a lot of Mount Pleasant folks feel like they're not supposed to lose. And so, 
They're one and eight on the year in a COVID year. Four of those eight losses are by one possession. That's what I think it has to – that's not being examined enough. Saying that, you know, losing to Zion Christian isn't something that is Isn't acceptable, to, yeah. I mean, I understand that mindset and that thought process, mm-hmm. but dadgum, Zion Christian's pretty good. They were pretty good. I mean – I just think that doesn't give Zion enough credit, really. Um, doesn't give Richland enough credit. Uh, that's it's it's a little arrogant on the part of uh, it's some arrogant. Mount Pleasant followers. I you think. are exactly right. It is arrogant on the part of some folks from Mount Pleasant, especially so considering who Mount Pleasant is. Now, look, I, I am I am absolutely here to. I guess, boost the exposure of our local teams. And we are, as journalists, we're, like you said, we're not supposed to have, you know, we're not supposed to be biased in any way. But also, I mean, as radio hosts, well, I mean, you can be a fan of the teams you cover. Well, not only that, but you can you can step out and say when something was or wasn't a good idea, and this is not. Here's my problem. You're Mount Pleasant, okay? Hang on a minute. Um, if you want to let us know what you think about this, give us a shout. Shoot us a text, 931-381-1017. But I think Chris and I are pretty convinced. This wasn't a good idea. Go ahead. Sands 2006 and 2007, maybe 2005 too, okay? 2005, 2006, 2007. You're Mount Pleasant, okay? Um, You've been to the second round. Of, you've been to the third round of the playoffs five times in your school's history, Okay. You've been past the second round five times in your school's history. That that's not that's nothing to be arrogant about. Your program is not to a point where you can be upset with a guy who went thirty eight and thirty seven. He had a couple of one win seasons, but obviously Well, and it, and that's the thing. He had a couple of one win seasons over seven years. After that earlier one win season, he turned around and went seven and three, eight and, eight and four, four, and then eight, eight and three. three. So, you know, that's what that's that's twenty three wins in three years after a one win season. That's what I don't understand. And when you look at what they have coming back for next year, whoever I they dare hire, say he was set to do that again. Whoever they hire is going to look really solid, and and they're going to look good for the hire. That's what's upsetting to me. I mean, you're talking about a program that really has no. They are very much like Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. False sense of self worth, some you know, and, and, in and, this position, in this position, and and Bronson Bradley is their David Cutcliffe. Maybe not to that degree, but I mean, I think it makes the point that this shouldn't have happened. Now, 
Clayton Harris, station manager, makes a good point. Summertown firing less moat. Kind of laid the groundwork. Yeah. It was like the dominoes. If it if nobody fires anybody during if the it, first it, person doesn't fire somebody during COVID, nobody gets fired. But once that first but person But if you're does, waiting on somebody else to do something to decide, hey, that's a pretty good idea. I think we'll do it too. I, and I, I'm and I'm not sure Leslie Moat should have been fired. Oh well I will agree with that as well. But so <laughs> both of those teams underperformed this it, year, it, but again, it it's COVID. T- it kind of takes me back to my parents. You know, if if little Johnny's going to jump off a roof, you're going to jump off one too. I mean, what? <laughs> All I'm saying is, yes, both of these teams underperformed in 2020, but it's also 2020. Yeah, and not chalking some things up to 2020 is a problem. But hey. Like Who are we and, and what, what do, do we, we know? know? There we go. That's that's that is our hashtag for this show. Who are we and what do we know? Uh, you know, the next coach I hire will be the first one. So, yeah. Well, we're going to talk a lot about coaching today. A ton about <laughs> coaching today, <laughs> and uh, we're only it's only going to get better. Um, we have a full show lined up for you guys, and uh, hopefully. In that third segment today, we'll be able to get to um, our road trip stories because the road trip we took this weekend was a blast. Absolutely. Uh, Tons of fun. But before we get to that and Hoops results and Chip Walters, who has to be in a good mood this morning. Has to be. I'm um, happy for him. When we come back on the other side of this break, we will talk about the high school football game that we attended on Friday. Summit went to Beach, advanced to the Class 5A semifinals with the win. We'll tell you about everything that we experienced up at Shackle Island Stadium (laughs) on the other side of this break. Everything? Everything. All right, then. (laughs) This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 26 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here. As we come to you from the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters in Columbia. Oh, wait, that's that's JP's line. 
That'll work. <laughs> I'll share it. Uh, it's a beautiful 43 degrees and sunny here in Columbia on Monday morning. We hope that you guys are having a wonderful start to your week. Remember, do not live the countdown lifestyle. But unless that countdown is to Friday Night Football. <laughs> and we'll start that countdown this morning as we recap Friday night's Summit Spartans 36-29 win over Beach up in Hendersonville at Shackle Island Stadium. First win for Summit against Beach in school history. Twice before they had lost to the Bucks in the playoffs, once in the quarterfinals, once in the first round. All three games have been decided by one possession. And you know what you're going to get. And I asked Brian Coleman about that on Friday night. And uh, here's what he had to say about that. Every single time. It never fails. This is, this is the one possession quarterfinal game. This it is seems the game, yeah. Every time. How do you feel like your guys were prepared for this game and the adversity you knew they were going to face? Uh, all week we talked about it's going to be a tight football game. It always has been with them, okay? Uh, they made a big play early. Uh, they stopped us on the goal line. You know, my fault, and you know, we tried to roll it. Uh, um, but, man, it, I'm so proud of these guys, just the way they fought back and fought back and fought back. Uh, the perseverance, that was the thing, right? I mean, got down. Didn't score, just per- persevered and came back and kept kept swinging and kept swinging. Finding out that throwing the football was going to be effective had to be something that that helped you mentally be able to to find the holes in that defense. It helped us two years ago. Two years ago, it was destined. Two years ago, we threw the ball pretty well. There are such big squeezers on the on the defensive line. They squeeze your down blocks. So and when you squeeze, you don't come up field very much. Don't get a good pass rush. But, uh, you know, so we're trying to take advantage of that. We tried to run the ball at the beginning, you know, kind of hitting our heads against the wall and then spread it out, let number one go to work. Offensive line did a great job. Just let him, let him make plays. Caleb Jolly, couple touchdown passes, big third down catch right here. What can you say about that kid? He stepped up, man. Every every time you play, last last three games we've had, we played the team. The opposing coaches said, "Man, what about number two? Number two is a great player." And when you have other coaches commenting on him, you know he's a heck of an athlete. He's a great player and and may play a lot of plays tonight. You look forward to Henry County. That um, sure. Yeah. So. Got to go to Paris. It's not an easy trip. How do you prepare for a long road trip like that after Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. It's, it's always fun to be practicing during Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, we got some bumps and bruises. We'll get some guys back. So, uh, you know, excited about that. All right. Congratulations. Yeah, the excitement, I'm sure. But uh, Caleb Jolly, that was. What did I say to you Friday night? Caleb Jolly is that he's dude. That, he's that dude. He's that, he's that dude. He certainly was Friday night. Yeah. Um, big game out of him. Six catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns. Um, if if that ain't that dude, I don't know what he is in, in a state quarterfinal game. Including the game winner, right? Uh, he did have the game winner. Uh, At the first one and the last one, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, the first one and the last one. Book ended the night with touchdown catches. A really and both of them were big because I mean the first one gave gave Summit the early lead. 
on that opening drive. Right. Uh, Summit just kind of drove down the field and had their way with Beach early on offense, and then and then Beach <laughs> didn't drive down the field, but they hit a sixty-four yard uh, wheel route, which is still undefeated. Yeah. As West as West Rucker would say. Yeah, that 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 especially, especially with that Tyshawn kid. Jefferson. That's what I was going with. Tyshawn Jefferson, my goodness. If that, he's even, he's leaving. That kid. I'll tell you was. what, he, they list him five five one forty three on the roster and he runs like it. He runs like, man, I'm too small to be out here. I can't be getting hit. You know <laughs> <laughs> his mama said, Don't come home hurt. Don't yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you can play, but don't come home hurt. And you have to be able to hit him to hurt him, and doesn't happen a whole lot. But it did happen some in the second half Friday night. It finally, some made some some adjustments in this at halftime. Started keying a little bit on number three, and they were able to. I say keep him in check. I mean, he had twenty six <laughs> yard twenty six carries for one hundred sixty two yards, and you know a lot of that did come in the first half, but also you know. This this beach team has a lot of weapons. You know, they they have a lot of folks that they can give the football to and you got to watch out for the Johnson brothers Adrian and Darius. Adrian a senior uh scored a touchdown, the go ahead touchdown uh in the fourth quarter with about 3:22 to go. Jefferson gets a two-point conversion because um well, essentially beach coaching staff said we don't know if we're going to get the ball back with a, with a chance we don't want to give them a chance to score or go to overtime so go ahead and go for two put yourself in a position to win the game turned out to be the right call it did uh and i will zach womble told me when uh, when Beach had it at about the 30 he said i'm not saying Beach is going to score but if they do don't be surprised if they go for two he called it. <laughs> he knows that team. He does a pretty good job covering them for Main Street preps. Does a great job. And, and that was, you know, when we talked after the game uh, to their uh, – Anderson? I can't think of – Who's that? Beach's coach. Oh, Crabtree. Crabtree. Anthony Crabtree. That's where I was getting. Um, he, he essentially said, you know – Summit is a team that when you have a chance to take the lead and you feel like you have the momentum to do so, you have to take advantage of it and wouldn't change anything about going for two there, obviously, because he got it. Right. But, um, you know, credit Beach for continuing to force Summit to do what they, you know, they answered every every call – Summit scores first, Beach scores, then then Beach scored again with about two and a half minutes to go in the first half, um, right under three minutes. And then, boom, Destin Wade, a minute and a half later, a minute and 22 seconds later, hits Brady Pierce for that inter- pass interference touchdown. Right. Um, that was kind of – I don't know. Obviously, it wasn't a, a – a back-breaking touchdown, but it certainly had to. It was an important touchdown drive for Summit right. for the fact that they had just been down deep in the red zone on their previous possession. They had had, I think, first and goal 
inside the five. At the six. At the six. Yeah. And did not score. Bobbled a shotgun snap on fourth and goal at the one. Did not get in. And then Beach goes back the other way. 97, 97 yards, yards. To score. So, at that point, it's 14-7. And if it gets to halftime, 14-7 with Beach having the momentum. And of, the ball. Of that 97-yard touchdown drive and getting the ball coming out of the break. That could have been the backbreaker there. Which they scored on, by the way. Yeah. They scored on that opening drive of the third quarter. To go 21-7 versus 21-14. Right. Is a whole different ball game. Especially at home. Under the circumstances. So, yeah. So, that touchdown for Summit right before the half is huge. And then Summit fumbles again. Inside lost the 10. that one. Lost the, lost the fumble inside the 10. Uh, but big stop by the defense. That was the that was the biggest drive of the game for the Summit defense was after the lost fumble. Uh, I think Beach got a first down, got it to about the 20-25. And then Summit defense bowed up, forced, forced a punt, mm-hmm. drove down, Wade scores on a two-yard run with a minute 48 to go in the third quarter to tie it up 21-21. So that tells you how close this ball game was because it was tied at the end of the first quarter, it was tied at halftime, and it was tied at the end of three. That's right. The only difference was Summit scored twice in the fourth quarter. That Caleb Jolly touchdown pass in which he really had no business catching. <laughs> um Matter of fact, Destin Wade said, I, I didn't think he was going to catch it. And he did. Summit wins the game. I would have been curious to see what Brian Coleman would have done had had he not made that catch. Because um, I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of confidence he had in his uh in his special teams and that sort of thing but you're down by one in you know the fourth quarter and you've got third and seven at the nine yard line if you don't if you don't get a first down or a touchdown there you're inside the 10 do you feel like your kicker can make that kick and and that's a tough position to put ryan crane in that he's not been in a whole lot over the course of this season. That would have been a tough spot. Now, credit Destin Wade, who ran for three yards on the on second and ten to get in the middle of the field. Very, And I, I, I feel like that was intentional. Yeah, I do too. I feel like they were kind of setting up to get as close as they could and to reduce the angle as much as possible for a potential game-winning field goal right there. And of course so, they didn't suddenly need it. it was unnecessary. Yeah, they didn't need it because of that nine-yard pass to Caleb Jolly from Destin Wade on third and seven. Two-point conversion. Went ahead and went for two because obviously one doesn't do you a whole lot of good. It just forces them to make an extra point if they were to have scored. Um, but with 27 seconds to go, Summit goes up 36-29. And the defense pretty much shuts it down. Um, that was – I will say the final play of the game was curious It to was me. very curious. It was almost like a concession 
I don't know what they were thinking. Because where was where was the line of scrimmage for that final play? Thirty eight. Their own thirty. They're thirty eight, and they ran a running play. Gained eleven yards. <laughs> but that was which left you what. 51 yards short. 51 yards short of where you needed to be. Yeah, at the end of the game. And didn't even try to – Did they throw a pass in that possession? Yes. they uh, First and 10 coming out of the, the incomplete pass. Um, then Jefferson ran for 11. Then another incomplete pass. Then Jefferson ran for 11, and that was the game. <laughs> if they'd have had a little more time. Incomplete pass and run for 11. 11. Eventually you'd have got there. (laughs) But I think think a lot of that was just, you know, obviously Summit conceding that. They were just line up across the 25 and don't let them cross it. Yeah. (laughs) Keep everything in front of you. I mean, uh, congratulations to Summit. Big win. Their reward is a trip to Paris. Unfortunately, the one in Tennessee. Yeah, it's gonna be a Friday night's gonna be a lot of fun. Like you, like you heard Brian Coleman say, practicing during Thanksgiving is always exciting. It really is. Um, you know, around here, that's that's the big thing. I mean, I don't know what happens in other states and their their schedules if they get done by now or or what the deal is, but. You know, that's what everybody around here shoots for is practicing the week of Thanksgiving because, you know, you're in the state semifinals and, and you know, you got a shot. Yep. So, you know what's crazy? Last year, we talked, not necessarily here, but we talked about how wide open Class 5A was and tends to be from year to year. Summit is the only team in this year's state semifinals that was in last year's state semifinals. In Class 5A, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, as we talked about Friday night, Knoxville West and Knoxville Central both getting beat was – In Dyer County on the on the west side. That's yeah, they, were, Summit they were beating the first Russian. round. So, yeah. That is that is something. Now, whether or not Knox West deserves to be there or not is <laughs> up for debate. Ifs and buts. Well, I, yeah, if officials <laughs> had done their job correctly, speaking of officials, uh, I told you I would tell you that story, JP, on the other uh, during this segment of, of how I became an athletic trainer on Friday night. Yeah, this ought to be good. Didn't have anything to do with taping you, any ankles. Let, let's recap. You've, you've been a member of the chain gang this, this year. <laughs> He's so, versatile. And, and now now you're an athletic trainer as well. I, I am. Uh, on, on Friday night – Beach, the the way the stadium is set up, there's no there's no fencing around from about the twenty five roughly all the way to the other twenty five around the track. So they just decided to let folks sit for social distancing purposes, let folks sit in the end zone and all around the track and that sort of thing. Really, really cool. Apparently, some and many beach fans were on the summit right behind the summit sideline. Um. Where you, where we would have been now, Beach has the artificial turf, so they have an orange area from the twenty five all the way around, which marks where you know press and game game staff can't be inside that because that's that's the buffer, mm-hmm. right? So 
we're standing there just minding our own business, me, Mo, Zach Womble of Main Street Preps. In our safe space. It, yes. Behind the line. No no issues. Where you're and, supposed to be. Where of, we're supposed to be. And of course for change. Our two <laughs> our two ball boys. Um one of which is a a tiny lamb. <laughs> uh, and, and the other of which is Jim Faye's kid. Yeah, does, Nolan, I think is his name. Zach and Nolan are yeah. on the sideline with us. The head linesman who is on the visitor sideline in front of the changing, that's that's the position that he plays. He turns around and starts pointing at people. Get back. Off the sideline. Get off the field. Back on the track. He points at Zach Womble, who is covering the game for Main Street Preps, and says, you, get back. Did he point at you, Mo? He pointed at me, but I didn't move. Well, Zach didn't either. Points at Mo and says, get back. Points at me and says, you're a trainer. You're okay. I have on my Southern Middle Tennessee logo the same so, thing that he's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> I had a backpack on. You look, you, you could pass so, as a trainer. And yeah. I had no, I had nothing else in my hand but my phone. <laughs> so I guess the backpack and not having anything else lended itself to making it look like I was an athletic trainer. Um, but I was okay. I, I didn't have to yeah. leave the sideline. And Zach, six foot five, Zach Womble. <laughs> I didn't realize how tall he was. Uh, Good God. Did not care either. He just stayed where he was supposed to stay, and Mo did too. And it was pretty funny, but uh, I was okay. Nobody yelled at me. Because I'm a trainer. There you go. Add that to your resume. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the clip guy. Changing clip guy and, and trainer. So there you go. All right. Summit goes to Henry County on Friday night. You can hear it right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. And um, Mike Epley and Matt Rogers will be on the call. We will be there as well, sm-tnsports.com. If you missed the game and you want to read about it, you can do that, sm-tnsports.com. We've got a full photo gallery up. Everything is there. We've got a story we'll talk about tomorrow uh, also on the website. But if you want to read it now, you can. Yeah, if you want to... Um as Coleman mentioned, getting some guys back this week. I think there's one guy in particular that they're excited about the possibility of getting back. That's uh, it's going to be huge. And again, you can read about it on sm-tnsports.com. That's right. When we come back, we'll talk about hoops results from the weekend, our road trip, which was exciting. And we'll give you tonight's schedule for hoops around the area on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
Ah, 12 minutes to the top of the hour here in Columbia. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls. We appreciate you guys tuning in. 931-381-1017 is the number. 931-381-1017 is the number. Terry the Chicken Man says, I'm not a trainer. I'm more like an athletic supporter. Um, That's probably not inaccurate you know he does that and uh he left some cookies too by the way i had i had Did you cookies. try those i okay. had a, yeah, I, I haven't tried them yet were they the peanut butter again no they i'm pretty sure that there's chocolate, chocolate chip, chip he said but, chocolate chip okay yeah there the chocolate chips are kind of crunchy so i was like wonder what else is in here but chocolate chip really good uh, that's what i was worried about i was like man but they <laughs> they tasted good so i wouldn't have cared i would have been like all right well i like these so you see this guy? You see the guy that saved his puppy from the alligator? It's amazing, I did, right? I did see that, yeah. That's crazy. And never dropped a cigar. Never dropped That's a true. cigar. That was impressive. It's clutch. <laughs> I just kept smoking that thing and That's took that. And what do you like after you get the alligator's mouth open? Like then what? Yeah, like how do you do you like throw him back? I mean, it's obviously a tiny alligator, but the dog ran off. Seemingly. That's crazy uninjured i don't know how you don't let that run after the dog gets out of his mouth like you said but okay we may have to look that up for wild and wacky it's gonna say a little precursor to wild and wacky <laughs> wednesday a little <laughs> yeah. monday edition a little teaser. oh that's exactly right <laughs> hey um real quick mo and i went on a road trip this weekend along with <laughs> along with columbia academy athletics director pernell knox and that was that's the trip in itself by the way just yeah so road you trips know. just in the car that's that's the best part no doubt well the trip in itself is being with pernell because <laughs> mr cox is uh is as as fun as a road trip partner can be, he, he storyteller. He is a, well, yes, but also storyteller just, DJ DJ. Uh, yeah, yeah, solid DJ. Uh, it was it was really interesting. Now stepping on your toes, huh? No, no, you you no no. You gave up control of that. I had no interest in being controlling, <laughs> and let me tell you why. Because Pernell drove all the way down. Okay, so we we got up at four thirty. We le- I left my house in Bellevue at four thirty. I picked up Maurice at B-Dubs in Franklin around 5. We get to the Loves on Bear Creek, or just past Bear Creek. Um, I guess it is Bear Creek. Mm -hmm. Bear Creek Pike. Get there, see the signs that say, don't leave your car here or it will be towed. So we didn't leave our car there because we didn't didn't want want it towed. Um, (laughs) Get back around, and we decided to go to to leave it at Waffle House. So we leave the my my forerunner at Waffle House, and get in the car about 5.30. Now, Purnell drives all the way down. We are going to Mobile to watch Kavaris Tears play in the Minority Baseball Prospects All-American game. The inaugural. At Hank Aaron Stadium in Mobile. In Mobile. All right. Really cool thing that I I was really excited to be a part of. So I thought, this is going to be great. We're going to, you know, drive down and watch ball game come back it's gonna be a lot of fun well it was it was everything that i dreamed of and more um we got down there and decided to go get something to eat and 
that was that was a, a bit of an experience with uh with some of the characters around in and around the Jimmy John's there. Firehouse. <laughs> or firehouse, that's what it was, yeah. yeah um the sub sandwich. Yeah. It was. Anyway, so <laughs> on the way back, Purnell drives about half well, he drives a third of the way of to the way. Hope Hope Hole or area. And no Fort Deposit. That's it. Where Priesters Pecans is. If you've ever been to the yeah. beach, you've you've stopped at Priesters, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So we, we drive about. He drives to to a place that uh, a little barbecue joint, front porch, front barbecue. porch barbecue. Hey, and <laughs> yeah, the, no relation, <laughs> none, <laughs> none. Oh, uh, anyway, ribs were pretty good. We get back in the car, and we've been trying to find the Tennessee Auburn game. Like I'm watching it on my phone, but like my service is not great so it's just it's been a struggle so we're trying to listen to it on radio on tune in we've tried to listen to it on the radio in the car because we're in montgomery figure auburn's probably on a montgomery radio station somewhere they're they're not far behind right i don't know if it was the i think it was the car antenna the radio antenna just did not want to to pick up anything i mean we the entire trip home we were hitting on one or two stations the entire night. It wasn't stopping. It never stopped like multiple times in the run through of the scan. Yeah. So that being said, when we get back in the car, Maurice is just, it's Maurice's turn to drive. So he, he gets in and the radio won't play. And we're in, we're in a Cadillac XT five that we believe may have been made in spring Hill <laughs> for that matter. And, he can't get the radio on, and I'm trying to help, and I can't get the radio on. Wow. Nobody can we get We can't figure it out. <laughs> We're not smart enough to work the radio in the Cadillac XT5. Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. Finally, we drop back to, to our IT roots of <laughs> turn, it turn it off, off and turn, turn it back, back on. Mm-hmm. And that works? And sure enough, it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> it was the wildest thing. I mean, literally laugh for 10 minutes because we couldn't figure it out. I had no idea what was going on and still couldn't get the football game. Yeah. We had radio. We just didn't have the football game. Uh, so, yeah, we and, and it's probably a good And thing it's probably too. just as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. Speaking of which, that Tennessee-Auburn game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I owe you a stake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know why I owe you a stake? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. Uh-huh. Jarrett Garantano. Yeah, he owes you a stake. And Jerry Jared Garantano, Garantano owes, owes him, him a mistake. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but we're we're gonna get more into that um later in the show. Yeah. But again, took a road trip, Hank Aaron Stadium, Mobile, Alabama. Kavar's Tears went Kavar's Tears went over two, two with a walk. Um not terribly torn up about it because he's playing with the best of the best. And um we did get to see Caden Martin go two for two with a double. And, and he followed us on Twitter, and his dad followed us, so that was cool. There you go. Thanks, T. Yeah, like we appreciate that. it. Oh, and um, there is a picture of CC Sabathia, Andrew Jones, and Chris Yao. That's right. Andrew Jones now knows that he is atop my list of players <laughs> who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. There's a picture of him listening to our podcast, and you can actually see it in the picture. You yeah. can see the SM-10 yeah. sports logo. That's awesome. Well, what's really crazy is that Andrew Jones and CeCe Sabathia both had kids playing mm. in this ballgame. Yeah. 
That make you feel old. Yeah, right. <laughs> and T Martin, for that matter. Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, a couple of couple of guys going to Tennessee. Uh, Caden, who is playing at Knox Catholic right now, so it was it was really fun. Three Vandy commits: Three Andrew Vandy Jones, um, Kenneth Mallory, and R.J. Austin um, playing in that game. Fifteen pro scouts, roughly. Pretty sure we saw former Chicago White Sox outfielder Lance Johnson, one dog. So it was a, it was it was a cool trip. It was it was fun, you know. <sighs> and for the most part, people left those guys alone until I did. You were the, you were the one. I, well, I wasn't the one. I wasn't the first, but I waited till after the game. Yeah. And then once the game was over, and I and and I had spoken with him, they walked down to I guess obviously go hang out with their kids, right? And everyone stopped them at that point. So what was your approach? I literally just said, "Hey guys, uh, absolutely a pleasure to meet you. My name is Chris. Yeah, I work with Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. My partner Maurice Pat and I have a radio show, and we do Top Five Tuesday. And here's what happened: like I literally just like fist bump, got it out there. Good to meet you. Played it not, for him. Not gonna try to you know take up a lot of your time. I just thought that this was something I wanted you to know. This I wanted you to know how emotional I am about <laughs> how important it is for me. To, to help in you get into the Hall of Fame. So, yep. Hey, real quick, uh, we had some basketball over the weekend, and um, we'll give you some quick scores real quick. And uh, I will start here. Columbia Central's girls, 52. Forest girls, 46. Big night from Josie Parks, 17 points. Uh, is it Jalay? Jalay. Jalay O'Neal, so just like it's mm-hmm. spelled. Uh, 11 points and Summit's girls fell to Northwest 47-44 another big night for Claudette Runk who dropped 20 for the Lady Spartans on Saturday they did get a win over Gallatin 54-40 Runk only had 2 in that one (laughs) Ellie Colson had 21 Bergen Alley had 13 also on Friday, Columbia Central boys went to 2-0 with a 58-30 win over Forrest. Um, Q Martin with 18 points, Cam Johnson with 15. Also on Friday night, Columbia Academy swept Jackson County in the girls game 48-36 final. Um, Maddie Lewis with 20 points, Avery Slaughter with 12. For the boys, um, Bulldogs won that one 89-78, um, 1-2-3-4. Four, five guys in double figures led by Will Jackson with 24. Um, big night for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I missed Friday. I'm sorry. All no. of my games were on Saturday. That's okay. Keep going. All right. We're through with Friday night now? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, sorry, I forgot about that. On Saturday, again, Summertown Girls, 70, Huntington, 38. Uh, tons of folks getting in on the action for Summertown. Haley Jones with 12, Riley Long with 12, Katie Burdett with 10. Uh, and then I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Looks like eleven, maybe twelve. Summertown girls with uh, with scoring in that one. A bunch. Uh, Richland girls beat Spring Hill forty three forty one. Jesse Jennings had twenty seven, inching closer to the two thousand point mark. Uh, Richland girls also beat Giles County forty three thirty nine. Once again, Jesse Jennings with twenty three. Uh, so. That's 50, there's a thing. You, there's a 50 theme on there. Saturday. Yeah, that's fifty on Saturday. So she's uh, 
fewer than 150 away. Richland boys also swept their play day on Saturday, defeating Harriman 54-50 and a shorthanded Fable team 74-38. Um, Daniel Nicholson 20 points, Trey Luna 15 in that Harriman win. Um, Trey Luna 23, Daniel Nicholson 17 in that Fable win. And finally, Independence boys got uh, beat Macaulay 54-52. Uh, despite a technical foul being called on Independence coach Doug Kyle, curious as to what how that came out. Uh, Sam Womack <laughs> had 18. He was the only player in double figures for Independence, but they did get the win. Um, do we have tonight's schedule? It's a do short we, one. Is yeah. it just Columbia Central? No, Summit girls play at Creekwood against Harpeth for the second time this year at 4 o'clock today. And Centennial plays a girls-boys doubleheader at Columbia Central tonight beginning at 6 o'clock. That game will be aired on our sister station, 103.7, with Barry Duke and Brandon LeVere, Mike's side. Pre-game show will begin at 5.55, so you can check that out. And... Like I said, short slate tonight. We got a bunch tomorrow, though, so check back with us or check on the website at sm-tnsports.com. That's right. When we return, Chip Walters, as he is every Monday, to talk about the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders, and it's going to be a good one to talk about. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn Joint. Chris Yow, along with Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant. And as always, at 10 o'clock on Monday morning, we visit with our friend Mr. Chip Walters of the voice of the Blue Raiders, Middle Tennessee State, play-by-play announcer and former WKRM radio jockey. And we appreciate yes, that. Yes, I was. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday night, 7 to midnight. I bet that was fun, too. Spending, it really was. Spending your weekend nights here at WKRM Studios using the same board that we're using today. Yep. <laughs> Told you a lot about my social life, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you knew what you wanted to do at an early age, and you there went you go. for it. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Chip. Chip um, is brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly. And Blake, he specializes in accident and injury law. And so those commercials you hear, if you've been hurt by the uh, these TikTokers who call people old who were born in the late 90s um, and it and you suffer from mental injury uh, like I do you can call Blake Kelly he might be able to help you out uh, find him on find him on Facebook or on Instagram um, I never remember his phone number but Mo can tell you 615-305-4539 it's probably not good to have an attorney's phone number memorized don't please don't draw any <laughs> conclusions from that but uh, anyway, Chip, you bring yes, you bring good news from Friday uh, from Saturday, but you bring not some so good news from this morning. So, which uh, one would you care exactly. to address first? Well, let's go ahead and uh, knock a couple of the the the, the basketball uh, things out right away. Uh, just released here within the last half hour. Uh, Middle uh, has announced that women's basketball games scheduled for Wednesday night at home against Louisville and Sunday afternoon against Vanderbilt have been postponed due to uh, positive COVID-19 test results and contact tracing within Middle's program. Uh, the, uh, you know, they, that has kind of come up here in the last couple of days and they finally made it. They they announced a decision this morning. No makeup dates uh, for either one of those have been announced as of yet. But I would imagine that that uh, middle in particular with those, you know, marquee home games will be uh, trying to to uh, to work out a date for at least one of the two, if not both. Uh, Louisville was going to come in number five in the country on Wednesday night to Murphy Center, and uh, it would be the first time in about twenty something years that Vanderbilt uh, has darkened the door at the Murph, but uh, neither one of those games are going to happen this week. Uh, that uh, just announced. Also, uh, the, uh, the university uh, made, the, uh, made the call on Friday, or on Saturday rather, announced on Saturday that no fans at, uh, within the first two weeks of the season for home games. And this goes back to, you know, the surge in, in cases within – Rutherford and other counties surrounding, uh, but they they you know, you know hopefully with the new mass mandates in Rutherford County that we're seeing cases start to go back down, which there is a direct correlation there between uh, cases and, and, and wearing a mask. Uh, it, and but that is uh, for for the first two weeks, no fans. It'll be reevaluated as they move toward that date. So that is in place. Uh, the other is uh, the men's basketball team scheduled to play in Estero, Florida, which is in Fort Myers, uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the Gulf Coast Showcase. Uh, that eight-team event uh, uh, right now is still on go, but there are less teams involved. Akron, East Carolina, and Indiana State have all pulled out of the event uh, Akron and and uh, Indiana State uh, have uh, COVID cases in their programs in East Carolina. Uh, they they did not announce that it was because of cases within their own program, but they have uh, they have take, gone out of that. So there is a uh, a move to pivot that event from a 
true bracketed tournament to a pod or round robin type event uh, because those schools who are there, uh, I mean, they're there to get three games in in a, in a short amount of time. And uh, in, in the, the field in that event, as in most of these multi-team events that are going on this week and, and next, uh, have have had seen some changes. And in this field right now, you still have Middle, East Tennessee, and Austin P are all in this event. So uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We should know something by the end of the day today uh, on, on what the format is going to be because the teams – fly out tomorrow to uh to play games scheduled for wednesday so you know right now with trying to get if you look back to september you know everybody was trying to get to the starting line to get football started on labor day weekend same thing right here november 25th is the date the start date for basketball and now you know just trying to get it started in a good way. And, and, you know, this, this month of November and December is going to be very interesting because the rules that they have put in place for basketball teams, you know, because of playing indoors, things like that, smaller numbers, it's not going to take nearly as much to put your team on the shelf for a couple of weeks. Uh, and so, you know, there, everybody's trying to work through that right now, but, uh, it's uh, there's there's still a lot of things up in the air right now about uh, basketball. Again, we'll know more about the men's tournament on or men's event. We should say on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, by the end of the day today. GoBlueRaiders.com is a good source to catch the latest information there. And again, women's basketball on Wednesday night against Louisville and Sunday against Vanderbilt postponed due to COVID cases within the middle program. There you go. So there's that. That's a lot of information, by the way. Um, really sad that that Vanderbilt game isn't going to happen, though. Uh, was yeah, really I mean, postponed. It, well, it's it, yeah. I just meant like I was oh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, if there's a, if they can get it rescheduled, hopefully it will be, at on a date where you know the no fans uh, has been lifted, hmm. and. And 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 so maybe maybe it could work out for the best, you know, to play it on a date when once fans are allowed to be back in the arena. That's, but that's uh, you know that's that's the next straw you hope to to grab and and uh, make something good happen on that. But but that's all we got for basketball right now. But uh, it certainly was a good day in football. That made the drive back from Troy uh, pretty nice. I, 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 like I told you off air, we. We weren't too far away, and had the game been any later, we might have detoured from uh, from our sixty-five trip to uh, uh, up two thirty-one to to hit Veterans Memorial Stadium, because I I mean I've been there several times. The last time I was there, there was a actually the day after Thanksgiving for a Friday night football game. Charles Henderson of Troy was hosting one of the local teams from my hometown, but um, great facilities there and. A great place to win a football game if you're a visitor, and bring back the Palladium Trophy. That's right, and it was, and this was. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny, and I, and I didn't try to set stock up in the post game show, but we wrapped up this post game interview uh, after the the win because you know there were so many things when you look at the numbers from the first, from the game back on September 19th 
when Troy won the game, 47-14, and Middle did not look good at all that night at home. And then Blue Raiders turn around and uh, return the favor, 20-17 to down in Troy. But, and uh, you know, so Troy, after an eight-year wait, they took the Palladium Trophy home uh, to, the, to Troy with them and then uh, had it for basically two months. And uh, on the post-game interview, I wrapped it up with Coach. I said, well, Coach, you know, it's got to be nice, good feeling to – you know, get that trophy and be able to bring it back home. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I hope they didn't fix a real nice place for it to stay down here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> boom. So, Stock still so, yeah, from exactly. the top boom rope. Go, boom goes the dynamite on that. There you go. Exactly. Wow. Don't get used <laughs> to but, it, said know, Rick. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, don't get used to it being there. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you, when you, back on, in the in the first game, you know, middle turned the ball over uh, t- at least twice, and, and Troy took advantage of that. Middle had two defensive scores taken off the board. Uh, uh, Troy ran 92 plays in the game. Uh, this is back in September. Middle ran 63. This time around, you know, the the, the script was reversed. Middle ran the ball extremely hard and, and very well. Uh, Shaitan Mobley uh, and Frank Pizant both ran it really, really hard. And, uh, and, and that, that was good. Uh, middle did not turn the ball over. They kept penalties to a minimum and, uh, and, and, and really kept pressure on, uh, on, on the Troy quarterback. Uh, they didn't and, and got a couple of interceptions. One, uh, one by a linebacker and one by Greg Great, who now has four and leads the nation in, in interceptions. So uh, a lot of good things happened in, in that football game on, on Saturday. It's nice to see for middle to go down there and get a win and a, um, in a year where they've kind of been up and down at best, I guess, got to what three and six with the win now. Yep. Three and six and two games left on the, on the schedule. Uh, FAU uh, this Saturday and FAU has quietly uh they are they are now five and one. They didn't play a game until October, uh, but they had a non-conference game and, and won against UMass twenty-four to two over uh, and over the weekend. Uh, they uh, you know just starting to do some preliminary work on them. Willie Taggart is the the new head coach there. Uh, inherited uh, you know inherited a pretty good roster that uh, Lane Kiffin had put together in his uh, seasons there in Boca. And uh, they, you know, FAU has not played murderer's row uh, in, in their schedule, but, but, uh, but uh, still they, they have been, they have been good. And uh, so, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting on Saturday to, to see how, you know, if middle can build on what they did this past week at Troy. And again, interesting in that, you know, we talked about the, the no fans for basketball had been announced on Saturday, uh, and, and there was there, but that does not affect the football game on this coming Saturday. Uh, you, the, the, the same rules that have they have gone by so far still apply there. The big thing is you're outside, out in the open, and uh, with air moving around. So that's that's where that is right now. So maybe we just need to play basketball outside. I'm okay with this. Well, you know, uh, 
it, I, that I did mention something to the athletic director yesterday. I was at basketball practice and watching uh, Nick's guys. Uh, Kyle and I were there, and and, the, and Chris Massaro came and sat down with us for about an hour, and uh, and and I said, you know, we could just, I mean, we know some people who have some courts, and uh, <laughs> you could put one. Uh, kind of in that north end zone of the football stadium and and spread your people out and he goes you know that's not the worst idea i've heard today <laughs> there you go there you go so um middle again plays florida atlantic 230 on saturday it's senior day um and now are you all making up charlotte right now i was i was actually going to look and see if they they see if they've actually put it on the schedule I, i've got it in pencil for the twelfth, it is on. Uh, no, they have not. They have not moved it yet uh, officially. But uh, right now, the, the plan is to play that game on December twelfth at noon, and a basketball game at four o'clock against Covenant College. Uh, so that would be a basketball football doubleheader uh, on on Saturday, December twelfth, and that is that falls after the two week no fan moratorium oh, in basketball. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it falls outside of that. Now we're, we're middle basketball uh, men, uh, you know, assuming, you know, you get games in after this tournament in, uh, in Florida, you will miss fans for home games against Murray state and Chattanooga. Uh, and, and those are games where you certainly would like to have a, a home court advantage, mm. but, Right now, it, you know, at this point, if you're playing games, that's a win. Uh, and so uh, that's kind of how you have to look at it. So Okay, but. So right, yeah, so right now it's kind of it's a day-to-day process of, of figuring out exactly what we've got. And like I said, hopefully by the end of the day we know more about the, the format of what's going to what's happen down in Estero, Florida. Hey, if we can't have fans on that day, can we throw it up on the video screen in the football stadium and just leave it up? Everybody stay in the stadium. Mm. Everybody stay yeah, in the football stadium and watch the ball well, game on TV. Well, I mean, there, there's an idea uh, for sure, and uh, and you know, and I'm just thinking that might be the idea of what do you do? yeah what do you do for for Murray and and, and Chattanooga? You know, do you, do you do you put it on the video board and and uh, and open up the football stadium and, and and let folks come in and and socially distant that way? That's that's. You know, if it's like not the it worst very, idea. Too cold. That that that's a, not the worst idea ever. You're exactly right. Because, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, your your check is in the mail on that one. That's that's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> we are. And, uh, yeah. So, but uh, and then you could pipe the and when you got the radio audio right there and could combine it. So there you have it. There you go. We, I'm, gosh, you know, come on here on Monday mornings and and, and uh, solve all the world's problems. <laughs> That's what we do. That's <laughs> we are speaking with the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters. He is brought to you by the law, the law office of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law. You can check Blake's Facebook or his Instagram page to get more information, or you can contact him at six one five three zero five four five three nine. Um. Chip, going back for a second to particularly the women's basketball situation um, with that Louisville game on Wednesday and that Vanderbilt game on Saturday being postponed, which of those 
in terms of trying to get those rescheduled? Is there a priority of one over the other, do you think? I mean, if, if somebody know. said you could only get one in? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I, I think it would be more of, I don't know that you would work harder on one than the other. I think you would just probably try to, you know, lay out schedules and see if there is, you know, if there's a, a hole uh, in, in, if you could match up, you know, holes in schedules to where, uh, you know, see what works best there. You know, Louisville is, is a, you know, if you're Coach Ensel, Louisville is the better RPI game or net game, whatever you want to call it now, where Vanderbilt is the backyard rivalry. And I think from a, that is probably the easier of the two. And again, I haven't looked at both, you know, the schedules, but what you're, what you are looking at there is if you are able to reschedule that one, it's a, you know, 40 minute bus ride no hotels involved, no, you know, your, your meals are, you know, you're not, you're not having to deal with all of that outside stuff. I think that is probably the easier of the two if they can find a date uh, simply because of, of, of all of the extraneous things that would go into Louisville would, if they came, it would probably be, you know, you come in the night before play the game or, you know, spend the night, you know, go to practice, play the game and then drive home. So you do have hotels you're trying to move around and things like that. So I think Vandy's probably the easier just simply because of those reasons. And you don't have to find – you have to find one day instead of two days to uh, to do that. But we'll just see how what uh, what all three programs, uh, what, they, what uh, priority they do put on that to try to get those games rescheduled. There you have it. I hope that we can get that Vanderbilt game rescheduled. I, I think it would be a lot of fun, and like you said, backyard rivalry. So I, I hope that is the case. And um, again, big win for Middle over the weekend on the gridiron. Chip Walters with us. Thanks so much for joining us, as he does every single Monday. We appreciate your time, man. Appreciate it. 2.30 Saturday FAU, and uh, there should be a few tickets available. And, hey, if you're not not as many folks traveling this weekend, so if you got it, if it uh, turns out to be a pretty Saturday, come on over and uh, catch some football. Might just do that because I'll be back Friday anyway. <laughs> Sounds there great. There you go. There you go. Happy Thanksgiving, Chip. Same to you guys. Appreciate it. There you go, Chip. Walters brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly, and it's really hard not to combine Chip and Kelly. Kelly. And I almost said it twice in in the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> that's uh, the law of Blake Kelly. You can contact him at 615-305-4539, specializing in accident and injury law, located in Madison, Tennessee, but practicing all over. There you go. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about all that coaching that we had mentioned earlier. Vols, Titans, Ravens, all kinds of great stuff to talk about on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. 
When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this beautiful Monday morning in Columbia, Tennessee. Talking all of the excitement of sports from the weekend, whether it be high school, college, pro, we're getting it all in today on Monday. And if you missed any part of the show, you've missed a good one. You can go back. We'll have it on the podcast. If you missed this show or any other show, you can go back and listen on SM-TN Sports Today, the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search SM-TN Sports Today. That will bring it right up for you. You can subscribe. It's absolutely free to do so. Give us a rating. We'd appreciate that as well. Um, five stars, preferably. Uh, <laughs> you know. Obviously, yeah, ideally, and uh, you know everything we talk about high school wise is on our website sm-tnsports.com. All the other stuff you can find on our personal Twitter accounts at mopatton underscore sports and at Chris Yow fourteen. That's Y O W like cow, but with a Y. <laughs> you have to tell people like, how do you spell Yow? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Uh, and, and there's well, I mean, plenty. I guess it could be Y-A-U-G-H, Yao. And it could also be Y-A-O, like Ming. So, I'm just saying, a certain former <laughs> co-worker of ours. Chris Yao Ming. He, he, he liked to call me Yao Ming, and, and it didn't help his cause and me liking him anymore. <laughs> um. As if anything would have. Yeah, no, I don't think he could have. But yeah. anyway, um, on our way back from our on our road trip Saturday night, we were intermittently watching and listening to the Tennessee Auburn game, and I'm just praying that you know Tennessee loses by fewer than 11 points. And, of course, Auburn has to kick a field goal right at the end of the game to put it over the 11. I thought, I thought it was at 7. No, it was 11. The ele- it was 11. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it doesn't yeah. matter now, <laughs> but it was 11. Was and, it 11 when we talked about mm-hmm. it? Yes. Okay. So, I'm sitting there like, all right, we're good. We're only down 10. <laughs> and then I hear, oh, they're at the 30. I was like, great, they're going to kick a field goal. And they did. <laughs> 30 to 17, the final score down on the plains, Auburn over Tennessee. And if you have any 
thoughts on this, you want to shoot us a text, give us a call, 931-381-1017, uh, 931-381-1017. Um, I guess if, like I, like, like I read on Twitter, if, if there had only been one play that could have taken seven points off Auburn's <laughs> score and that added added. seven points to Tennessee's score. Only if only there were a play or a drive that could have done that. Oh wait, there was. There was. Jarrett Garantano throws a pick six to Smoke Monday, and you know what Smoke Monday said after the game? <laughs> he said, "Well, the quarterback was staring down his receivers the entire game, and I just went and got the ball." So if Smoke Monday, a random college kid, and every other person watching who's ever watched a football game in their life can see this. Why can't Jeremy Pruitt? Is Jeremy Pruitt the most clueless football coach in the state of Tennessee? And not only may he be the most clueless in the state of Tennessee during the game, but also after the game because there he was you go. asked – does Jared Garantano give Tennessee the best chance to win? Absolutely. If I didn't think so, I wouldn't play him. He didn't miss two field goals. He didn't blow a coverage. But you he know what he did? He did throw a pick six that caused a 14-point swing in a 13-point game. And if you know anything about math, <laughs> again, going back to if only there was a play that would take seven points off the board for Auburn and add seven points – for Tennessee in a 30 to 17 game. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And, and honestly, the they don't kick that field goal at the end they're trying to score obviously if they're if they're down 24-23. Uh, if they're down 24-20. Right. Which they right. would have been down 24-20. They they're going to have to go I mean they're going to have to score a touchdown. Right. right so anyway, not only that's not the only one. Let's let's go to this is the quote that got me Fired, really fired up, up okay. is when Jeremy Pruitt was asked what he'd say to fans who have questions about the direction of the program. Do you know what Jeremy Pruitt said? Quote, that ain't my job, guys. My job is to coach. End quote. Well, please do. The direction of of the program is a direct direct conclusion of your ability to coach it is in fact your, your job, job. Yep. and and that's what gets me the smugness and i don't know if that's necessarily his intent or not but that's the way it comes across sometimes and and he ain't the only coach that we're going to talk about today that comes across that way at times. But miss me with the condescending smugness at times like this because you're making yourself pretty vulnerable with some of the decisions that you're making. And, I mean, if you don't want to be questioned, then that's fine. Just don't do stuff that's questionable. This guy comes from... Not just the Nick Saban coaching tree. This guy played at Alabama. He understand. He played for Gene Stallings. This is a guy who should absolutely know 
that when your team makes mistakes, it's on you in the press conference. No matter what. Missing two field goals, blowing a coverage, all that bull crap. It's all on you in the press conference, man. And it always is in Tuscaloosa, and that's the difference. Well, and and the decision as to who steps under center or takes shotgun snaps is on him as well. You're right. And that's and, and that's that's the biggest issue that UT fans have right now is the mishandling of the quarterback position. I think everything else we understand is secondary. We I, or if you don't understand it, it wouldn't be as glaring because this has been mismanaged, mishandled. Harrison Bailey, Jared Garantano shouldn't take another snap. And Jared that's Garantano probably been the case put for the, the uniform la- on again. And that's probably been the case for the last three weeks. Two years. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Well, I mean, they did start the year out 2-0 and with him. But they also started last year out 0-2 against BYU and freaking Georgia, Georgia State, State yeah. with him. <sighs> so my point being that it's all on you. You are the head coach. But, hey, guess what? Tennessee gained more yards, so I don't know what game y'all are watching. Tennessee gained more yards. That that was his that was his answer to a question concerning Jim Chaney's performance. You know, that's not like riding time in college wrestling. You don't get anything for that. Yeah, you, you know, you know how this is what I don't understand. Jeremy Pruitt again. From the Nick Saban coaching tree, right? Nick Saban Mm. on Kentucky's Mm. time of possession advantage in the first half. Quote, last time I checked, you don't get any points for time of possession. Sometimes we score fast. End quote. Now, that's a coach who understands that the only stat that matters is the one on the dadgum scoreboard. And if you don't understand that, I don't know what you're doing coaching major college football. I don't know what you're doing coaching middle school football. I don't know what you're doing coaching Pop Warner football. By the way, that's what Jeremy Pruitt was doing a decade ago. In 2010, when I wrote the story about him getting his first job in college athletics at the University of Alabama, he was coaching third grade PE a mile and a half down the road in Rainsville, Alabama at at um, I don't even remember the stupid name. Anyway, teaching kids how to tie their shoes, right? Tying their shoes for them. Exactly. Yeah. But here's what you can't do. You can't fire him. (laughs) You cannot fire Jeremy Pruitt after this season. You know why? Because he just signed a contract extension. It's not just that, though. Because it's where do you go from here? Yes, there are some great up-and-coming coaches. We know that. Coastal Carolina's got great coaches. Tom Allen is a great coach. Uh, Cincinnati, we've been there before. We see how that worked out. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but Jones catching straight. <laughs> <laughs> that brick's already been thrown through the window. <laughs> uh, anyway, I mean <laughs> – you can't fire him because you have nowhere to go. And it's, it, this is this is the conversation that we need to have. And it's, if you're Tennessee, you've been irrelevant for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. 15 years, you've been irrelevant. Sands the year that 
Lane Kiffin was there and nearly beat an Alabama team that went on to win a national championship, et cetera. Um, and, and you've said this a number of times. It, hiring Lane Kiffin wasn't the issue. Hiring Derek Dooley was the issue. Hmm. And that started the issue. But it, 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 it goes back further than that. I mean, not you know, 2005 is when Tennessee was last relevant with uh, Philip Fulmer at the helm and that sort of thing. For 15 years between 1992 and 2005, Alabama won an SEC championship. They went to a Cotton Bowl, won 10 games twice in that, that time period. But they weren't really ever relevant in the national championship conversation. And they okay? certainly weren't the Alabama that everybody knows now. Right. The only thing that changed was Mal Moore sitting outside of Nick Saban's mansion in Miami, Florida, and not leaving until Terry said, we're going to Tuscaloosa. Literally, the man did not leave. Have you ever read that story? Mm-hmm. I will give you the story of Mal Moore, how he signed Nick Saban, is absolutely the most impressive story I've ever heard in my life. Nick Saban is ne- is one of a kind. There are a handful or fewer coaches who are Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. If you're going to fire Jeremy Pruitt, the only way you can do it is if you have one of those four or five guys ready to take the job. That's it. That's the only way. You cannot go hire. You can't fire Jeremy Pruitt, pay him all that money, and then go hire Coastal Carolina or Indiana's head coach. So who are those other coaches? <laughs> Glad you asked. Glad you asked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind. Hope you're all sitting down. Urban Meyer. Okay? Yeah, you're only going to get four or five years out of him, and who knows what you're going to get, but he's going to take it to a national championship because the talent's there. We know that. Bob Stoops. He retired from Oklahoma, but as good of a coach as there is, after that... I don't know. Chip Kelly, maybe. He's a fringe guy. He's a fringe guy. Harbaugh used to be. He's not right now. No. I would trade Jeremy Pruitt for Jim Harbaugh right now. There's a Straight name. up trade. I would trade him. There's a name that you have mentioned in conversations with me, and I'm not going to out you if you're not going to mention it, but – Go ahead, because I'm not sure who you're talking about. Hugh Freeze. I don't think Hugh – I think Hugh Freeze would win. I and, think and Hugh Freeze would win at Tennessee right now. I, and, and, I, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm just not sure, and, and this is what I said to you when you said it. Can he do it clean? I just don't think you let him recruit. You just hire people to recruit. You've got T. Martin on staff, one of the best recruiters in this country. T. Martin could win with this team how as a head you, coach. How are you going to have a head coach that doesn't go out on the road and recruit, though? I'm He's just saying. Be a closer. I, I'm saying I don't think you let him do any of the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you send him to the house and say, "Look, we want you," and that's it. Like, don't <laughs> don't give him any cell phones. <laughs> don't give him nothing. Like, buddy, you got to drive. 
all across. I don't care. Hugh Freeze would win. I don't care if we if, if he doesn't recruit a single class in the next four years, he could win a championship, an SEC championship, or at least be in the in the in Atlanta in the next four years if he did nothing else but play with this team. Because the talent's there. The coaching is not. That's the problem. It's all the time we got for this segment. <laughs> We've got to get to the Titans, Ravens, and, and the heart problems that they give you. I'm fired up. This is how I got home, by the way. I drove from Athens to Bellevue yeah. from about 10 to 12. This is how I got home because the adrenaline from being so angry at Jeremy Pruitt <laughs> on Saturday night is how I made it home without crashing. So Sun- thank you, Jeremy Pruitt. Sunday wasn't, <laughs> Sunday wasn't as easy. It, it was a tough one. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Titans Ravens on the other side. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Hey folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Every play. And he spins off a tackle. Every hit. Boom! Oh and Trey Hunter tattoos. McCandless down at the 28. Every touchdown. And he tight ropes and goes backwards into the end zone. Wow! Touchdown, Destin Wade. The playoffs are on TriStar Sports Radio. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Maurice Patton, JP Plant with you here. 12 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour. On Monday, we'll be back again, of course, tomorrow, 9 a.m., same bat time, same bat channel. Right here on WKOM. We appreciate it. A um, couple of things we want to get to real quick before we get into the Titans Ravens is we want to wish a friend of the program a happy birthday. Winston Neal, the men's basketball coach at Columbia State Community College, defending state champions, Chargers, celebrates his birthday today. We won't get into how many this is, but, you know, as as is going around on Twitter, I, I do believe it's safe to say that he is Viewmaster old. Yes. <laughs> do you, do you, are, are you old enough to remember the Viewmaster? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes. So, happy birthday to Coach Neal. Hope that um, the Chargers will be getting on the floor here after the Christmas break and looking forward to seeing them 
again, follow up on that um, state tournament championship. All right, let's get into the Titans-Ravens, finally. Because the coaching decisions from this weekend were not great in this state. Um, it worked out. It did work out. It worked out. But the decision to kick a field goal, trailing by what? eight mm-hmm. from third and two from the four-yard line, and you have Derrick Henry in your backfield, by the way. Um, The decision to kick that field goal. Anybody else in the country make that decision? I think the bad decision was was that third and two when you go empty backfield and you don't at least use Derrick Henry. We saw on the two-point conversion by yep. utilizing Derrick Henry yep. what mm. that does mm. by not doing it on third down right there, leading to the fourth down. I think that was the bad decision. I think, you know, kicking the field goal, it makes then a touchdown, you go ahead, score again, and it takes away the two-point conversion or the necessity – of a two-point conversion, but I think you're in two. Da- I think you. I think with Derrick Henry on third and goal from the two, you're in two-down territory. You got to you got to utilize him. Yeah, you're in two-down yeah. territory. You have Derrick Henry. Got to put him in the backfield. Well, he was there on third down. They sent him out. They sent him out. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm saying. And I'm like, you what are keep you him doing? In the backfield to at least give the illusion that he might run the ball. It you have to account sense. for him. Yeah, yeah. It made no sense whatsoever. I mean, if you're gonna if, if you're gonna send a guy out on a pass route, just bring in 13. I mean, there's no reason for Derek Henry to be on the field if he's not going to be in the backfield. Everybody knows you're not throwing an out route to him. (laughs) I mean, he's not going to, you know, it just just doesn't make any sense. And then you talk about your center gets hurt. You send in a new center, and the first play you run is a wildcat shotgun. Yep. Why on earth would you not just line up under center, hand the ball to Derrick Henry for a play, and go to the next one? I don't know, but... And you're inside the 10. But Jim Wyatt, the senior writer for TitansOnline.com, defended that call. Said, you you're know, a pro. You're, you're a professional center or guard. You ought to be able to execute a shotgun snap. And, I mean, I don't know that I disagree with that thought process, but still, I mean... I mean, if you're the backup quarterback, you ought to be able to come in and throw a pass. That doesn't mean it's the best situation to put you in cold like that. I mean, unless it's fourth down and it's a fake punt. (laughs) That was his first NFL completion. Congratulations to Logan Woodside. And a great call by Mike Vrabel. Yep. So, can we give him props when we need mm -hmm. to give him props? Well, if you're going to trash him for that – Yep. Third and two, then you might as well. And the Wildcat. Yeah, then you might as well prop him up for that fake punt. But it's really easy to call a game when you have Derrick Henry in your backfield. Why? Why make it any harder? Why make it hard? <laughs> like you said, watch me coach. There you go. I, it, that is the thing. The uh, the pressure or the um, the thought process to try to overthink that because it is so obvious, and you're like, well, if it feels obvious, maybe they're going to be ready for it. Maybe we should try to trick them. And and you you go back and forth. It's like the Again. it's like the 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 good uh, coach on your left shoulder, the bad coach on your right <laughs> shoulder, or whichever side you want to put them on. The, I don't know. The uh, is it is it the the Miss Piggy meme <laughs> where she, where she's like got the hood on 
on the one side, it's like me and then also me. Yeah. Mean. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Now, I didn't know this stat when I wrote when I wrote out the segment outline this morning. Ryan Tannehill under duress for practically the entire game played fantastic. Let me tell you how fantastic he played. Titans Ryan Tannehill completed ninety one percent of his passes with two touchdowns against the Ravens blitz. He went eight for eight with a touchdown in the second half alone. The highest completion percentage against the Ravens Blitz over the last 15 seasons with a minimum of 10 attempts. That's uh, from ESPN Stats and Info from uh, Teron Davenport. Now, <laughs> when you have a guy... Now, granted, his his one interception did come when he got drilled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't put that on him, necessarily. Uh, and a couple of ba- poor throws were him getting drilled as he threw it, not being able to step into it kind of thing. Not all of his poor throws were attributable to that, though. Sometimes he just he just had some stinkers yesterday. He didn't look to be very in sync at all early on. But when it got to be money time, the first quarter all got dialed in. He, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Mm. and... So the first quarter and the fourth quarter. A.J. Brown had two drops, one in the first quarter, one in the third quarter. The, both of them would have been first down drop, uh, first down catches. But the first quarter and the fourth quarter, the thing that, that they did was win first down. They won first down on both offense and defense. They were mm-hmm. getting five or seven yards a carry on first down or five to seven yards a pass on first down on the offense. They went down and they scored on that first drive. Same thing in the fourth quarter. Did it two or three drives. They were winning first down. Then they were they made the adjustments necessary on J.K. Dobbins in the second half mm-hmm. to hold him to two or three yards a carry on first down, setting up now. They were atrocious on third down at times. But winning first down at least gives you a chance, a better chance at holding your opponent on third down. Sure. Well, I mean, big difference in converting third and seven and third and two. Exactly, and you have to win first down to be able to do that. That was the big key, I think. I thought it was a good job. I thought the Titans did what they had to do. Well, I mean, again, A.J. Brown with that touchdown late where mortals would have been tackled at the eight-yard line or whatever – any extra yardage from there was a bonus. The touchdown was just unreal. Well, as I said at 2.01 p.m., keep throwing it at 11. We're going to make that work more than we don't. <laughs> well, and at 2.50 p.m., he takes it in for a touchdown. So keep throwing at him. He's well, going to make it work more than he does. Your tweet yesterday was much more prophetic than mine. <laughs> yeah, yours was not good. Mine, mine was mine was old takes exposed worthy. Um, he said they wouldn't score twice. And that was assuming that Baltimore didn't score again. And not only sure did enough, they, Baltimore didn't score again. And they scored what? Four, four times. times. The Titans <laughs> scored. He was right. They didn't score twice. Well, they scored you four go. times. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. Uh Big win for the Titans sets up that divisional, basically potential championship game after the Packers. Thanks. Oh, the Packers, man. They they cost us last night. Yeah, I've got a Packer fan at the house. 
Oh, man. I was watching the game at Sushi Train. And, uh, yeah, anyway, it was not good. <laughs> not good at all. But we got to beat them anyway. Right. Titans have to beat the Colts on Sunday. In Indy. At Indy, which I feel like is a positive for some reason. Maybe I don't really so. know. Oh. Um, but anyway, really excited about uh, about that game, and we'll talk plenty more about it this week. We may try to get Teresa on if if possible. And maybe Teresa, maybe somebody else. Maybe somebody else. Yeah. Maybe yeah. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Uh, but before we get out of here, we got to hand out some hardware, and we enjoy doing that each and every week, and we are appreciative of all of our sponsors who sponsor our team of the week our player of the week and our scholar athlete of the week this week's end to win life team of the week brought to you by custom stone handlers 931-490-4990 custom stone handlers the team of the week columbia central's varsity girls basketball couple of big wins for a team that did not have a lot of wins last year Finished 4-21 last year. They are halfway to that win total in their first two outings, defeating Smyrna and Forrest, both on the road. Yep. The Covenant Technology Player of the Week, Columbia Academy's Maddie Lewis. A couple of big games for her as well over the last week. Yeah, averaging 24 points a game through the Lady Bulldogs' 2-0 start. Scored 28 um, at Riverside Christian, scored 20 against, um, who did they play? Jackson County on there Friday. There we go. There we go. And finally, our Scholar Athlete of the Week from Patio West Comfort and Coastal Eats is Columbia Central's Shane Cobb. Shane Cobb. Comes highly recommended by his coaching staff, and so congratulations to the senior linebacker, Shane Cobb. All right. We will be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Catch us on the podcast. If you missed any today, sm-tnsports.com. Find everything there. We appreciate you guys listening. Stay cool, Columbia.